In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 226th episode of the Voltaire Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this one, Falcons Find a Way to Get the Win. The Falcons prevailed over the Carolina Panthers 25-17 at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday night playing through the remnants of Hurricane Zeta that rained throughout much of the evening. The Falcons have won six consecutive road games against division, divisional opponents dating back to week 16 of 2018, including three consecutive games in Carolina. That kind of covers up the fact that they're only 2-6, and six, but they held on in the fourth quarter Got an interception from Bleedy Ray Wilson with 57 seconds to go to secure the 25-17 victory. That was big. The Falcons had not been able to hold on the leads of monumental proportions this season, blowing three games when the win probability was over 98% against Dallas, Chicago, and Detroit. So maybe this is some sort of a breakthrough win for the Falcons, who will move on to play in the Denver Broncos next, not the coming Sunday, but the following Sunday after this Thursday night game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, then will slide into the bye week. So they're halfway home this year with a 2-6 and six record. And we're going to look at some of the team stats here. Then we'll, uh, we're will we going to hear from uh, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, and Foyer Ulicon. And then we'll get into some of the uh, player stats. And then we'll wrap it up. We'll look at some of the game stats uh, there. Uh, you know, it'll be stat heavy. We'll go into this win pretty deeply since, you know, it's our, the second one of the season. And then we'll get ready for uh, Coach Raheem later today and finish the Sunday story. And uh, we'll go into the bye week just like the Falcons. Um, Calvin Ridley, uh, they <clears throat> one report out there that it's uh, from NFL Network that the injury, uh, the results were negative and that he should be able to heal over the bye week. So that's great news for the Falcons. We'll Try to get that on the record there from Coach Raheem later on today and post that online on AJC.com. Hey, we appreciate it when you follow us on uh, Twitter at AJC. Our Facebook page is uh, Atlanta Falcons News Now. Certainly love when you subscribe to the AJC or, or when you get our digital products on AJC.com. And we love it when you su- subscribe to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Thank you very much. So, let's move on here. We got a lot, a uh, lot full day here. We're trying to wrap up before 2 since we went to 4 a.m. in the morning uh, last night. We did the story, 
sidebar on the blitz the blitzing that was awesome uh then we got out the quotes from coach uh, raheem matt ryan and we put together a player quotes package for you and dropped in the videos from from last night so you got plenty to munch on this morning if you got some power hope you got some power here but let's move on uh through the bowtie chronicles podcast today the Falcons offense posted 401 yards, 270 passing, 131 rushing, and two touchdowns. Uh, the defense, they were limiting them to two of 10 on third downs, a season low, and a season low 157 net passing yards. Hey, that's big because that's going to bring that passing number down because that's a bloated passing number. Uh, good job by the Falcons. Uh, they really got after it. Go read that Blitz story. They, uh, they talked about um, – Foye Olakon and Raheem Morris talked about the blitz plan. Gave credit to the defensive coaches, uh, Coach Jeff Albrecht, Coach Bob Seddon, and Adon Durden, the uh, linebackers coach. Um, he it, it's not pronounced like we say, you know, English in, in American English. It's kind of got a British flow to his name. I've been calling him Aiden, and it's not. It's Adon, and his Durden is Duda. Or something. I heard Raheem working on that. I'll work on it too. Since uh, we had a good story on him last week too, we'll make sure we get that right. All right. The Falcons had five scoring drives, at least 10 plays. Yeah, that was big. You know, they won time possession. We'll see that later. 12, 10, 10, 10, and 11. First time since week 11 of the 2005 season versus Tampa Bay. <clears throat> Can't keep getting field goals though. Good job holding the ball. Need some touchdowns. All right. Falcons offense completed nine passes of at least 16 yards. Entering week eight, Atlanta led the NFL with 50 explosive passes. They're counting 16 yards as explosive passes, and I count 20. So that's not a – that's that's, uh, that's good, for 16, but I want my explosives to be over 20. Okay, the Falcons defense stopped the Panthers twice on fourth down. Yeah, whoo, went over that last night. Got that right here. Um, they have limited opponents to five fourth down conversions on 13 attempts, 38.5% this season. Atlanta's eight stops on fourth down are the most by the Falcons in the first eight weeks of a season since 2002. Pretty obscure, but hey, good for them. So, um... Fourth and one on the 42, we got a tackle by Grady Jarrett and Fourier Ulicon. Uh They took that one um, and went and got a field goal to go up 19-14. Then the one that everybody saw was really nice. Uh, Fourier kind of came and danced, kind of stutter step, saw that, saw that, uh, saw that uh, Teddy Bridgewater didn't give up the ball, stayed under control, then Teddy tried to rezone it out, you know, Vince Young style, but Fourier wasn't having it. And ran out there and said it was just a race to the sideline at that point. He got him down for no gain. And then uh, the Falcons went on and got a field goal out of it, 16-14. Yep, so they won the, the time of possession there. Uh, that was pretty big. That was uh, That's one of the things they're doing to help the defense out here is uh, winning this uh, time of possession, and they did it. Uh, Thursday night, 36 minutes and 30 seconds to 23 minutes and 30 seconds. Let's hear from linebacker Foyer Ulicon. 
What does it feel like, given how some of the games have ended for you guys this year, to end it on your terms, uh, the defense getting the stop? It feels good. Uh, we always have something to prove every time we step out on the field. So we knew it was going to come down to us, and it was our turn to uh, win a game. You had a couple big plays on fourth down. Let's start with the one uh, where Teddy Bridgewater was kind of scrambling. What did you see on that play, and what was the key to stopping him? It was his own read. Uh, I know he bolted sometimes, so I saw him kind of light with the handoff, and uh, he kept it. He expected me to dive down, and it was just a chase to the sideline. I had to make sure I got him down, really. How about the other fourth down play, you and Grady kind of combining there? What did you see, and also just to be able to have two such big plays like that? You know, it was a formation we recognized. Respecting a uh, fullback dive with the toss, and then they, I saw the fullback go for a lead, the lead play, so to really beat that running back to the spot on that, uh, everybody's going to wad it up and just make the play when it comes to you. If my math's right, that's four fourth down stops over the last three games for this defense. Uh, what does that say about you guys on those big downs? Well, we got resilience all the time. We're always going to compete. Uh, I think that's the best thing we do is compete. And uh, nobody's going to ever out-effort us. So uh, when fourth down comes, uh, comes up, we're going to pin our ears back and uh, try to make the play. What do you think of the game plan with the blitzing tonight? It seemed like a lot more and, and pretty successful. Uh, I just must have been what the coaches saw uh, would affect the quarterback. Uh, make him, he's nice to get the ball out quick, so we're going to blitz, make the ball come out quick, and then hunt when it comes out. You guys were doing a lot in the A-gap. Was that the plan coming in, or was it one of those, hey, it's working, let's make them stop it before we stop? you got to ask the coaches on that. I mean, it was working, so that's probably uh, kept it going, but I guess it was the plan coming in, getting that ball out quick, disguising uh, where the blitz is coming from. Was that a kind of conversation during the week? Did you know that that was going to be something you guys would do, though? Yeah, we're going to blitz for sure. <laughs> um, T- Teddy Bridgewater had his. <laughs> Boy, he laughed at the end. He's like, "Yeah, we're going to blitz for sure." Hey, those little beeps are the uh, you know Falcons putting stuff in Microsoft Teams when we're doing the interviews. You know, keeping us updated who's coming on which channel and uh, folks submitting questions to our host. That was Justin Fielder from uh, Fox. I uh, had Zach Klein from WSB as our host in the other chat. Uh, we're going to move on to Ridley, and then we got a Julio Jones highlight uh, to close us out in the audio portion here of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Let's go to Todd. How good is it to end a game like this with Matt kneeling out the clock, considering how some other fourth quarters have gone? Man, good feeling. Good feeling. Um, got to win. You know, Thursday night game. Guys get to enjoy the weekend. And, you know, we can come back next weekend and just get ready. Um, you know, so definitely, definitely a good win for sure. Did you feel like the coaching staff was kind of saving you at all for the second half by giving you the bulk of your touches then? Man, you know, I don't control that, man. So, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm in, I'm in. When I'm not, I'm not, so. Uh, you know, I, I don't control that part. What did it mean to you to get your touchdown on a drive where you guys were able to consistently run the ball and move the chains? Yeah, I mean, um, this was one of them, one of them drives, one of them drives that we needed. Um, you know, run, run some clock out, get some tough yards, and, and be able to just punch it in. We were, we were getting a lot of field goals, and you know, just just happy we were able to get a touchdown. How effective was Brian as the change of pace back tonight? Oh, um, Brian's always, you know, he's always him. You know, when he comes in, um, 
you know, and get his chance, he's gonna he's gonna try to break it. And, you know, he's an explosive guy. Um, you know, he can he can do great in the run game, just like every other running back we have. So, you know, B Hill's gonna he's gonna do his thing when when he's called upon. He's not a running back, but uh, Matt Ryan had a couple big runs. He had the touchdown. He had that third down scramble. What do you think of your quarterback showing some wheels? Oh, that was good. Dumb as hell by that DB crawling on the ground. I don't know <laughs> what the hell he was doing, but shout out to Matty Ice for that. Did you get the sense at all the Panthers were kind of keying on you to stop you after the big game you had last time against them? Um, nah. I mean, that's one thing about defenses. De- defenses don't want to get ran on. You know, no one wants to get ran on. Um, so, you know, they, they did a great job. Shaq, Shaq was Shaq. Um, you know, he's, he's a great player. Um, just credit to those guys. You know, they did, a, they did a hell of a job. If you guys are all in this together, how nice is it to see the defense get that one big play to seal the win? Yeah, felt great. Felt great for sure. Last question. You guys are at the halfway point of the season now. What are your thoughts overall on the first half, and what do you want to see in the final eight games? Um, not even worry about eight games. Um, you know, whoever we have next week and, and the Broncos and shit, you know, just just worry about them. Start worrying about too much shit. That's why we in the predicament we in now. So just focus on, you know, day by day. Get your bodies right this weekend. Come back to work ready to work next week and we'll figure it out. Cool. Thanks, Todd. Right, yeah. Thank you. All right, that's Todd Gurley keeping it real on the real for, uh, you know, people want to start talking about, hey, we got this thing turned around. Let's run the table. Matt Ryan was talking that turnaround stuff. Todd wasn't having it. So, yeah, let's just review the rushing here. That was a big part. Todd had 11 or no. Brian Hill had 11 for 55. Todd, Todd was 18 of 46. So that's not really good for your two running backs. 29 of 101 for uh, one touchdown. Uh, you know, that's under four. So we need that up. But they were saved by Matt Ryan going six for 27 and a 13-yard touchdown. That that made the running stats look better. Uh, Kadri Allison was active for just the second time, and he came in on his third and two and pounded it out. So they had the big pounding back uh, instead of Edo Smith. Not a good sign for the former third-round pick. Uh, but Olison, you know, short yards, he came in there and got it. I could put – you can go jumbo with Quadri and Keith, and Keith had a couple lead blocks. So – uh, that's how the running game's shaking out. I'm, I'm spending a little time here because my text this morning was uh, from Mike Cunningham. He's been pointing to this all season. He's like, more heel, less girly. The analytics are saying that in the last couple games or saying that he's getting a, you know, he's got averaging four carry. I don't know if it's him, but uh, certainly uh, he'll average 5.5 behind the same blocking. So he's, uh, you know, he's uh, been pointing that out as a possibility throughout the uh, season here. Now let's wrap up here with Julio Jones. He had some accolades in this game, and he discusses that with us in the post game. Yards or more in a game tying Randy Moss for second all time. What does that mean to you when you hear your name with Randy Moss? Yeah, 
Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a great accomplishment, for sure. Definitely a great accomplishment. Um, a Hall of Famer, you know, Randy Moss. And, you know, somebody that I watch, too. You know, all of us. I mean, especially if you're a receiver, you watch Randy Moss, you know, play football, the things he did. Um, he made it look effortless, right? So, um, great accomplishment. Um, but for me, I just got to keep working, keep going forward. Appreciate you, Julio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was Julio Jones. It was the Zach had a stat on him uh, having more tying Randy Moss for his 35th game with 125 yards or more receiving. So it was also a milestone. A couple other areas. Let's go to that right now. Stay on Julio. Uh, he had seven for 137. His 58th game with at least 100 yards or more. The most of all active players and fourth in history. Now, I mean, that sounds good and everything. Uh, but, I mean, you know, that's why I'm going to have numb problem with all these numbers uh, later on. Is you know, the rules changed. I mean, quarterbacks could throw it away outside of the pocket. That You can't really hit anybody anymore. You know, you got the five-yard running free rule. So, yeah, the, the modern-day receivers got a lot better numbers. So, only football, only Jerry Rice, 76, Randy Moss, 64, Marvin Harrison had more. Now, were they better than Paul Warfield? Jerry Rice, maybe Randy, maybe maybe Marvin, too, maybe Julio, too. But, I mean, you got to put um, these numbers in perspective. So, you know, they look gaudy, they look good, and you're like, oh, he's got more yards than... You know, Dante Lavelli, you know, but so, but that's what it is. We're in the modern era, but um, so I'll give them numbers, and but uh, I know when it comes down to, to picking the uh, Hall of Fame players, you know, these numbers are going to be uh, weighted accordingly. Jones now has 12,000 for 709 yards receiving, and we have James Lofton in the room to help us, so that's another good good point. Surpassing uh, Torrey Hody at 12,660 for the second most receiving yards through a player's first 10 season in NFL history. Only the great Jerry Rice had more, 13,275. Now, what, what would Cliff Branch have done in this uh, stuff? Man, and Charlie, uh, John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, Kellen Winslow, the whole uh, Eric Coriel crew. Man, Sterling Sharp, well, he he got done early, but but still, but good luck to Julio. Congratulations. Good job massing these numbers. Uh, but, you know, we got to put them in historical perspective. Okay, let's wrap up Matt Ryan. We did his numbers, I think, early 21 to 30, 281. Interception, passer rating, 85.6. Pretty good in the, uh, in the rain up there. Rain and wind. He said the wind was more troublesome than the rain. Uh, season high, 27 yards rushing, baby. Uh, that was his uh, longest career touchdown also in the regular season. Of course, you know, Michael Vick's got the uh, the record. Uh, the longest touchdown run by Falcons quarterback in the regular season since Michael Vick went for 22 in week 6 of 2006. So they wouldn't look, they wouldn't expect him to shoot out of there uh, at all. We covered um, Gurley. Okay, the touchdowns are great. He's got eight, most in the NFL this season, third most through the first eight games of a season in franchise history. 
Uh, of course, uh, the Bernard Turner had a 10 and 09, and Delvonte Freeman had 9 in 2015. Okay, Harrington Hurst had another good game, 5 for 54. His third consecutive game with at least four catches and 50 yards. That one he scooped up off the turf, that was an awesome one. That kept them, kept them moving there. That was a good catch by Hayden Hurst. Up the seam there. Uh, defensive end Dante Fowler had two tackles and one sack. Grady Jarrett had five tackles, but he was mad. <laughs> he was living in the backfield. They were going nuts. Uh, uh, on TV about Grady Jarrett and all the people that missed on him because he wasn't six foot and uh, he's showing them now. He had the one Pro Bowl, but he should have been the two other Pro Bowls. So he, oh, maybe he'll get two at the end just on reputation here. But they got to win. If you don't win, you don't get the Pro Bowl votes because they're like, oh, they ain't winning. He, you know, despite, you know, that's all they got. So hopefully uh, they can, you know, Grady will work out for him. Deion Jones had six tackles. Uh, Keanu Neal had a team high seven. Okay, Deion was part of that blitz package. I don't know how many times he blitzed, but he got one uh, sack out of it and a couple quarterback hits, three quarterback hits, and two tackles for loss. Fourier Ulukan talked about his big play. He had five tackles. Um, and two of them on fourth downs, uh, stopping the Panthers a couple times led to the field goals where it changed the tide. Those changed the tide of the game. It was, uh, you know, it was 16-14. It was 14-13. Them two stops, boom, you know, they get the field goals and, you know, they get a little bit of control, 19-14. Then they get, um, you know, um, get the late touchdown. Cool. Uh, he made four of the four field goals. Got to stop getting him. He doesn't need to be this busy when you're in the red zone that much. So they got to figure out, you know, what to run in the red zone. I don't know if they're going to spread people out and uh, try to run some better routes. Hey, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go power. Except for Luke Stocker is not blocking good on the plays where he's got to seal the end. But I mean, I might look at a. Uh, I might look at some uh, some inverted wishbone with uh, Keith and Quadri in there with Gurley. That might that might uh, get some of that old Mike McCarthy uh, Packers uh, John Coon inverted uh, wishbone in there. I know Dirk knows where it's at. So I might go some power in the red zone. I hate throwing the ball in the red zone. So we don't need the kicker this busy when you're in the red zone as much as they were in this game. So, this was a uh, sixth game with at least four field goals since joining the Falcons. That's too much. He's getting too much work, man. Y'all going to have to pay him some more money for all this kicking. Uh, the, the most in the NFL since the start of 2019 and third most in 14. Third most in franchise history. Only Matt Bryan 11 and the great Morton Anderson 9 had more four field goal games. Now, we're going to wrap it up here, and we're going to get on to this bye weekend, baby. Who's Georgia play? Kentucky, yeah. Noon game, Saturday. So we'll be ready for that. Got to go deliver some paint cans to the, to the uh, collecting waste and then over on Mab in Mableton today. Saturday, so that'll be my Saturday chores. I'll be ready by noon for the game. Okay, first downs, 28-18. The Falcons weren't great. They were 3-9 on third down, and then they held them to 2-10. Uh, 
Out gained of 401 yards to 304, ran 68 plays to their 52. Uh, average gain 5.9 to 5.8 for Carolina. The uh, rushing was the same, 131 to 147 for the Panthers. Uh, passing 270 for the Falcons and the 157. That was big. The Falcons, uh, was it 450 something? Uh, the average is going to go down. That was a good one. They needed a couple more games like that to move on up. Now, the Falcons played through some bad penalties early. They had the uh, Oliver pass interference and then the Deion Jones bump out of bounds. Then the Charles Harris unloading on Teddy Bridgewater's head, which got him ejected. Uh, but only six penalties for 663. Panthers had six for 30. Got to cut that down. Deion's was un, well, a ticky-tacky foul. They didn't, but he didn't have to touch him. So you know they're they're protecting the quarterback. So, but I that might not have been a bad little penalty. But the Harris one was bad. And then Devontae got. You can't be trying to trip people. That was pretty bad. So, uh, I mean, yeah. Brian Fennerin tweeted out a picture where the guys bear hugging them. They were they were hugging the Falcons all day, um, but they started to call some of them. Uh, they called Derrick Brown on one, holding uh, Alex Mack. Uh, punts, only one punt, 39 yards. I know Jason Butt, uh, our correspondent, will not be happy with the distance on that one. Two touchdowns, four field goals. Time of possession, 36-30 to 23-20 again. Uh, just a couple more player defensive stats to make sure we got them covered. Don't like to be too offense heavy, but we had Neil with seven, Dion six sacks, two losses, AJ Terrell five tackles, four solos, one missed tackle in open field. Can't have that, Rook. Ulakon five tackles, Grady Jarrett five. He was all over the place. And then Bleedy came in because uh, Kendall uh, Sheffield went down, four tackles, three solos, tackle for loss, and a big interception to wrap things up. So we'll have a little break here. Um, we'll be back next Wednesday looking at the Denver Broncos. We'll probably scout them on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if they're on their bye week or not. We'll see where, where they're at. Where they're at. Uh, little um, Drew Locke, I guess, we got coming our way. So we're going to get out of here working on a story about what happened to the Falcons. Super Bowl 51. And I got it down to five things. Mark Bradley gave me a six. Losing Shanahan. The development of the defense. The failure. Failed development of the defense. The O-line rebuild. What happened to Ryan Schrader? Brian Cox and Freeney. When they left, the pass rush left. And then uh, Marquand Manuel and Keefe. Firing their own coordinators. So, what happened? We're going to look at five things in our Sunday article on, you know, why the Falcons went from Super Bowl contenders to last place in the NFC South. And got Coach Dan Quinn and General Manager Thomas Dimitrov fired. So, that'll be uh, online later today. And in your Sunday, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So, with that, we're going to get out of here. The Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You all take care and have a great rest of the week.
Music by DJ Magic. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.